0: Welcome to Tessa Watches Lost, the podcast within a podcast that is now a spinoff podcast where I ask Tessa questions about the episodes of Lost that we watched this week. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is Tessa, the Libby to my Hurley, I think. This week, we're talking about the third set of four episodes from Season 2, Lockdown, Dave, SOS, and Two for the Road. Well, I think we really have to start at the end this time. In the last minute of Two for the Road, Michael murders Ana Lucia and Libby and then shoots himself. Now we know that part of this plot development is motivated by Michelle Rodriguez's and Cynthia Watros's arrests on the same night for drunk driving. Some people just don't adjust well to island life, and I guess that works in two ways. But putting that aside, what is up with Michael?
1: So I think this is either a brainwashing situation or it's honestly just a hostage situation. Like the others, Zeke specifically, or whoever's in charge of Zeke, because we'll, we'll just call him Henry. Henry, even though we know he's not Henry at this point, has indicated that perhaps there is someone that's even higher than Zeke in the others hierarchy. But I think whoever it is, whoever's in charge is using... Walt's capture as like a hostage situation, where he's he told Michael that he can have Walt back, or he can live with Walt, or see Walt, or whatever, if he rescues Henry. So I I don't think Michael I think Michael's doing this out of duress. He does apologize to Anna Lucia before he shoots her. He seems very conflicted, and I and the Libby shooting is an accident, right? Wrong place, wrong time situation. So I I really think that he is being coerced into doing this. And of course, he shoots himself in the arm. And that's the last thing that we see. So he's going to frame this as a Henry escaped and shot everybody on the way out. So he, in essence, is becoming a spy for the others in the Losties group.
0: How do you feel about losing Ana Lucia?
1: You know, I'm more mad about the Libby thing than I am about the Ana Lucia thing, because I really feel like Ana Lucia had a pretty full arc on this show. Like, whether or not they were going to do more stuff with her is kind of moot. But I felt like, especially in the flashbacks of this episode, we were given a whole arc for her, right? Like, she was a cop. She, you know, helps the tailies get to the losties. You know, there's all this stuff about paranoia and being a bad person and all of that. And then here we get the final part of that which is where she actually it's revealed that she was actually in Australia because she had met Jack's father and Jack wanted her to accompany him as sort of his bodyguard and so she does that because she's really still struggling with the PTSD of having murdered somebody and I, I for me it felt like we'd come full circle on her like she it didn't feel like it felt like a good stopping place like they could have done more with her as a character but they didn't necessarily need to so I felt I felt okay about her death here.
0: I, if only, you know, the, the thing about it is, is like, if, you know, of course her murder is going to affect Jack in a, in a way, because of course he does have feelings for her. It's an interesting, Ana Lucia is kind of a, a counterpoint in his mind to, to Kate. And of course he saw her. Before they boarded the plane, you know they were kind of quasi outcast together if If only there was a term for doing something to a a woman character so that it advances a male character in some way i I wish there was a, a name for that, but anyway, I know that you feel more conflict I know that you feel more conflicted about Libby as I definitely did when I first watched the show. Why introduce the mystery of her being in the hospital with Hurley? two episodes earlier and then kill her off, right?
1: Yeah, this felt a lot more contrived to me that they would kill her off. And, and and again, like you said, it has more to do with the off-camera stuff that was going on with this actress than it does with the actual plot line. And that really frustrates me. It frustrates me that they introduced this whole storyline with her, where she was in the hospital, which genuinely... Threw me for a loop. Like, I was like, oh my God, does Hurley have a stalker? Like, what? Why is she on this plane? And I just don't feel like any of those questions are going to be answered. For me, even though Ana Lucia is definitely fridging, for me, Libby felt more like fridging because now all we can salvage from her character is how it affects Hurley. And so, yeah, I just, I didn't like this. I didn't like how they gave us like a thread that was starting to unravel in this plot line and then just took it away and it's not going to mean anything anymore. So that, that really did bother me quite a bit.
0: As I told you after we finished watching the episode, this was one of the first things that really got under my skin about this show. I have very strong feelings about what Team Darleton did, why they did it, when they knew what they were going to do, etc., And a lot of this is on Rodriguez and Watros, right? This is making the best out of a bad situation. This is about ABC keeping a good relationship with Hawaii. And so it's not really in their control, but it's the first real hint that we get at the sand kind of shifting under the feet of this narrative. So speaking of Hurley Stalkers, do you have any thoughts about Dave? Hurley's imaginary friend?
1: Yeah, so we got like kind of a beautiful mind style episode where we realize that Hurley has created this person, this this personality of Dave to sort of protect him from feeling like it was his fault that he participated in some tragic accident. Which the psychiatrist assures him was not his fault, we don't get a lot of details on that, just that he thinks it might be weight related. I thought the Dave thing was fine the The problem that I had with the episode was that Dave isn't wrong, like yeah, I mean, the ending where Dave tries to convince him that it's all an illusion and he should just kill himself is very inceptiony and and that's obviously wrong. But the fact is is that like part of the psychiatry part of the treatment that the psychiatrist prescribes for Hurley has to do with losing weight. And I felt like that was extremely fat phobic. I feel like this last set of episodes has had kind of this fat phobic storyline with Hurley where it's like, he eats because he has a complex and that's what makes him fat. And to get over the complex, he has to lose weight. And like, that's just not how weight works. And that's not how trauma works. And it just it really, really bothers me that the one person who seems to be okay with Hurley like he is, is the imaginary friend. And that just kind of felt icky to me. It it just did. I mean, even Libby is, like, encouraging him to lose weight. And so it just doesn't I, – I just didn't like that particular storyline. But I did really enjoy sort of the twist of Dave – you know, trying to convince him to kill himself because it just felt like Inception to me. And I like that Libby, before we found out that she was in the hospital with Hurley, I liked that scene with Libby on the cliff where she, you know, convinces him that this is all real and that she really does care for him. And there, there's just a lot of really good things in that relationship, which is why it's a real shame that they didn't really develop it in any way.
0: As regular listeners of the podcast will know, I have a terrible memory. And so it's really fun re-experiencing fun. I use the term loosely re-experiencing a lot of the twists and turns in this show. And I remember when, when the reveal about Libby being in the hospital with Hurley, it was like, what happens here? Like, where does this go? Of course, forgetting that two episodes later, it goes nowhere. There was a reason I couldn't remember that. But along those same lines, in other flashback news, Locke's dad is a con man. You want to share here the thought that you had while we were watching that episode?
1: So now that I have more of a handle on how this show works, not that I want to say it's predictable, but I really feel like Locke's dad is... The con man who destroyed Sawyer's family that he has now taken on the name of, Sawyer. Yeah, I, I feel like this is all connected. I think that Locke's dad is, is the, the person who made Sawyer bad.
0: You did a very good job of queuing up this next question, as I knew you would. Speaking of connections, and speaking of Locke, Rose has known his secret the entire time. We also, of course, find out in a Bernard and Rose-centric flashback that they haven't been together for very long and that Rose has terminal cancer. Except she doesn't. Does the island have magical healing powers, Tessa? And do you think that Rose's cancer would return if she left the island?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I can't get a good handle on the island's healing powers because obviously it healed Locke and Rose. But we also, again, like I've said before, again, people keep telling us about this illness. And we have to believe that Rousseau wouldn't just kill her crewmates unless she legitimately believed there was an illness. We know the others are obsessed with illness. So, like, it seems like it cures some people, but maybe there's a plague on the island. I don't know. Like, there's a lot with quarantine as well with the bunkers. So, it, I can't get a handle on this island, how the healing works, why it works the way that it does. It's, it's really difficult to know if Rose left the island, if the cancer would come back. Although, I have to say, I loved... I loved the, as much as Bernard pressuring her into getting a faith healer in the flashbacks was disturbing, I loved the ending of the episode where she says, if I leave the island, I think that the cancer would come back. And he immediately says, we are never leaving this island. Like, I, I really did, was sold on their relationship in this flashback, even though it played out a little differently than I thought that it would based on what we knew about these characters before.
0: You know that I feel like this show has personally harmed me. And you're really getting at, in your, in your answers this week, you're getting at to the reason why. I don't care about the numbers. That was a giant, huge discourse during the show's airing. What are the significance of the numbers? I don't care. Um, there's also the Lost Book Club that began in season two, where uh, with the third policeman uh, and all the other things that pop Thursday. up. Yeah, right. At Wizard of Oz. Wonderful Wizard of Oz, I guess I should say. Eh, It's cool, but the island magical healing powers, right? The nexus of spots on the earth that can heal, right? Which is also from that flashback episode. You know, the spot right outside of Air's Rock um, that can heal people. And this guy is taking advantage of it to run a nonprofit. And of course, he tells Rose, this isn't your spot. That to me is a thing that gets that needs to be dealt with in a way that makes sense because you've got the Dharma Initiative finding a spot and doing something with it. At least that's where we are at this point in the show. We have the initiative, we have this spot, we are being invited to believe that there's a big picture going on here. Speaking of the Dharma Initiative. Now, I don't really think we ever talked about the food drop incident while we were watching the show, but that's when Locke discovers that someone has drawn some sort of diagram on the blast door. Did that make any kind of impression on you? Are you invested in that Dharma initiative side of it or maybe more invested in the, the magical healing power thing? Like what, what's getting you right now in terms of that stuff?
1: I don't know. I feel like the Dharma Initiative and the others are all tied up in each other. And I feel like I've made this comparison before to Dr. Moreau's island. I I feel like there's a lot of vibes of that. I don't know. I feel like the healing thing is more mysterious at this point. Like, I don't know how it works and I don't think anyone else knows how it works. So I I am curious about that. I don't know. The food drop is weird. It's weird because it feels like an experiment, right? It feels like every we're you know we're, we're we set up this experiment with these rats in this maze that just happen to be people, and we are still experimenting, but they need food, so here's some food like that's what that felt like to me, so I feel like that comes i mean it's all Dharma initiative branded. I don't think we need to read more into that than that. I am very curious, though, you mentioned the faith healer in that episode with Rose and Bernard. That reminded me a lot of the medium that Claire meets in the first season who they later discover basically set her up to be on that flight. So I, I am curious about the people who are not on the island, who know about the island, or at least know, at least are aware of things that don't seem natural, that seem supernatural. Like the Faith Healers saying, like, there are spots all over the world where this happens. Like the medium who clearly knew that Claire would end up on the island or something like the island. I'm very curious about people who are invested in the supernaturalness of this who are outside of the Losties and outside of the others. <clears throat> and may- maybe that's the Dharma Initiative. I don't know.
0: We know two things about this show, you and I. And we both know what the ending is. Tessa does know how this ends. We're not going to talk about it, you know. We're not going to share notes on it. But but she knows the the basic outline. And and she knows that this show broke me because I really disliked the ending. And for me, this experience of rewatching this with you is all about change my mind. This is this has a very controversial ending, but it's not one that is universally panned like Dexter which i agree with and one that is universally panned like how i met your mother you're all wrong they nailed that ending this is an ending that is truly controversial because some people think it's correct and some people think it isn't what bugs me about the ending is they're doing all this really great groundwork of of laying out this huge mystery you know, at the beginning of season two, you think, well, okay, wait. There's a pantry full of food, right? Desmond has been there for a while. And Hurley and Jack talk about the fact that there's about a month's worth of food in there. Or more. I don't remember how much it is. But bottom line is, if you're really thinking to yourself at that point, well, wait, Desmond has has to have gone through all of the food in there and had it replenished somehow. How does that work? You get the payoff later in the season, and you think, wow, good job, guys. And and so at this point, at nearing the end of season two, they're doing a great job of really interlocking all these pieces and creating this giant puzzle box. And then you see the first crack of Ana Lucia and and Libby's deaths. Although, again, that wasn't their fault. Okay, suspension of disbelief intact. But that is really the first crack. Now, there really isn't a lot in the way of Dharma Initiative mystery. There's a lot of adjacent things that you can kind of add to your, your theories and speculations as we've talked about. But in the least surprising turn of events of them all, the prisoner is not Henry Gale. I know you were shocked, right?
1: Shocked? Shocked, I say! Yeah, no, he was never going to be Henry Gale, especially after that semi threatening thing that he said at the end of the last set of episodes that we watched. But Saeed, Ana Lucia, and Charlie find the real Henry Gale who has been buried. They dig him up because Said is not satisfied with ephemera. He wants to know, and they find his driver's license. So, yeah, this is not Henry Gale. And he reveals a couple of things that I think are really interesting. And the first thing is that he was sent for Locke. We don't know if that's true or not, but he remember how we discovered with Anna Lucia and the Tailies that the others are interested in the good people and not the bad people. According to Henry Gale, Locke is a good person and that he is important, which is of course everything that Locke wants to hear. So whether or not that's true is beside the point, but according to him, that's why he was sent was to get Locke and bring him to the others. The other thing that we find out, like I said earlier, is that there is perhaps someone who is in charge of Zeke. Someone that Henry Gale, as I'm still going to call him until we know what his name is, is very, very afraid of. He thinks that they're going to send somebody to kill him. And so he will not talk about the others. Although Kate finally does tell Jack that she found the costumes in the other bunker. So, yeah, I I don't know if we really found out that much about the others, but we found out some stuff.
0: So breaking the the fiction of this podcast just for a second, it's. We, we had to wait an extra week before we watched these last set of episodes. So I've been sitting on this for almost two weeks now. I just want you to know, Tessa, before I read us out, that the title of the next episode that we're going to watch is Question Mark. The title of the episode is a literal question mark.
1: Well, there was a question mark on the blast door. So that all kind of makes sense.
0: It's like... Everything in this show is connected, and they have a plan, and one might think that you could have faith in that. You know how I feel. All right, that's it for today. Join us next week for more Tessa Watches Lost. We'll be talking about the second season finale. You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris 9, and you can find Tessa at swelatessa. Tessa. Until next time, Did any of you see a guy run through here in a bathrobe with a coconut? Until next time. Oh, happy day. Here comes Dr. Giggles. (laughs) I don't know which one, but I wanted to just put them both.